Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think a new team has arrived in the AFC West, and their name is the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. Herbert stops, launches deep. Jalen Guyton, he's got it. Herbert fires open, making the grab. Mike Williams down the sideline. On the 17 yard line, look out again. Car intercepted. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Lawrence, with my co-host, Zach Alfers, from the State Again Network. What a huge, huge monumental oh, win for the Chargers against the Dolphins. Wow. We needed Nobody it. Nobody wow. expected that beatdown. Like, they, like, wow. Who are we? Like, <laughs> one week we're losing to the Raiders, the next week we're beating the Dolphins. That's what's so frustrating about this team, but I mean, I'll take it. A win is a win, and that was an absolute dominant win. I know it's only a six-point victory. You know, you look at just the score, it looks a lot closer than it was. But, you know, your your prayers were answered, Tyler. Uh, I was not nervous at all. Uh, good. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I, I'm not sure yet because I'm not used to this. But this was an absolute dominant performance. It started from the opening kickoff. To the end of the game, we were able to do exactly what we wanted to whenever we wanted to. Um, they got some fluky touchdowns, that 14 points. Um, but you take that away, this is a 23-3 beat down, and that's exactly what we did. We beat the Dolphins down, and we absolutely needed it. Hopefully that sparks us for this uh, last quarter of the season. How did how did the ball on that foam ball just fall into Tyreek Hill's hands? Like – the, the the worst player for that to happen to right and he's gone like there's no uh, catching him it was so fast too it's like well and that's why this watching this team is so frustrating right we're in command getting ready to blow this team out by the half and then here you go here's a gift it's like the universe doesn't want this team to win but we're finally starting to battle back and it's us against the world us against the universe i love it I, i'm taking every win uh this was a huge one might have just single-handedly saved Staley's job, who was really feeling the pressure. Uh, this is a, a big game to alleviate 
the pressure off his shoulders, alleviate the pressure off this team. You got some reinforcements coming back. It's all good for the Chargers right now. You know, I, I know Justin Herbert got the game ball, but I really feel like that game ball, like everybody in the secondary should have gotten oh, a game man. ball. I love the game plan because, I mean, the Chargers sec- secondary, they did something special against Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. Chargers had seven total pass breakups with Drew Tranquil, Michael Davis, each getting two apiece. And then Asante Samuel, Kenneth Murray, and Eloy Gilman had one each. Uh, and the, the Chargers came into the game understanding to his tendency of passing over the middle and rhythm being like a major focus. The answer was to press Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and expect in-breaking routes and throw off that timing. They were daring Tua to throw it outside, knowing that Tua doesn't have that Herbert Mahomes, Josh Allen type of arm to, to really get it there, and it worked. Tua was completely thrown off, and he was question, pressured quite a bit. Pass rush was a major factor. Khalil Mack had yeah. five pressures. Uh, Chargers had 15 overall. It was just, it was enormous, and it led to him just having these errant throws all day, going 10 of 25. And you take away the one touchdown to Tyreek Hill, where Michael Davis was in great position. Yeah, and as yeah. he was, I don't know if he just tripped over his own feet or something happened, but like that, that was a really, really lucky play that you know, he fell down there because Tyreek Hill wasn't going to get come down with that. No, another gift from the universe, but you, you, everything else you, you did right. You, those are the only two mistakes that this team made all game. Held Tua to a 35.7% completion rating. The worst of his professional career, the worst of his collegiate career, the worst performance he's had all his, his entire life. And a big part of that, um, a guy who's a rookie who hasn't been playing a lot thrusted into a starting role because of the injury to our nickelback at Bryce Callahan. Jod Taylor was unreal in the slot. They had no answer and Waddle and Hill both are just absolute feasters when they line up there in the middle of, of, of the formation. When lined up against Jod Taylor, they had no answer for the guy. Waddle had nine routes out of the slot. Two catches, 31 yards. Hill had 14 out of the slot, two catches, 13 yards. Absolute domination. And you look at Tua's stats, 145 yards total. You take that 60-yard uh, uh, gift. He he was oh, nine for 85 yards. That's pretty. That's a pretty dominant performance. It's super impressive. Oh, I wish Kenneth Murray would have come down with that interception too, because he was in perfect position to come down with it. Uh, that I was really surprised that Tua didn't have a single interception because he was just trying to get the ball off and throw it as far away as he could. And uh, there was some times there where I was thinking, man, he's just throwing the ball away, trying to get it out. And he wasn't really paying attention where he was throwing that. Some of those errant passes could have led to a turnover. We got, really he got really lucky that none of those were turnovers that and i i think we got a little lucky the fact that i don't know if you want to call it arrogance or if they just wanted to to prove to us that they they could throw the ball against this defense but the fact that mike mcdaniel didn't lean on his run game more was i thought a little surprising and i mean most had 11 carries 37 yards they finished 19 uh, for 92 total yards, about 4.8 yards per carry. Not super impressive, but they really couldn't get to that because they were down early, fast, 
And those big guys up the middle, Braden Fajoko, Joey Gazzano had a great game, and Morgan Fox, each and every game I see this guy play, I'm just hoping we bring him back and instill him into a bigger role next season because I like that guy's game. Also love his, uh, that his um, English Bulldog won best in show a couple weeks back. But he's a fun <laughs> guy to watch on the field. Interesting cat off the field. Um, but it started from the up front, DBs. Everybody was clicking. Phenomenal game plan. But the guys executed and they performed, which is something that we haven't seen all year. And I think that the debate between two and Herbert is settled so much I so mean. that Emmanuel Acho had to go and redact his statements about Herbert being a social media quarterback. And think about like all the fourth quarter drives Herbert has had so far in his career. You look at both Raider games last year, uh, the Browns last year, the Cardinals this year, and all Herbert's got 10 fourth quarter comebacks over the last three years. And he could have more. You remember that hit he took when the Chargers play, um, played the, the, uh, the Panthers and there was that hook and ladder that um, oh, he yeah. was getting hit and there's a hook and ladder and he threw it on a dime. Unreal. Uh, and that gotta have it moment to um, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen just couldn't get the pitch back. I mean that like time and time again, he comes through in clutch moments. Look at all the fourth down decisions. Uh, and I think that because he's so clutch, we trust him so much to go for it on fourth down. It's been a major, major factor uh so far in his short career he just proves everybody time and time again that he's that guy and he's so humble about it yeah he's a he's a a amazing guy to to build a a franchise around because there's guys that are that talented you don't usually see that humility especially at at, you know such a young age um but i i think you just look at the quarterback play herbert does things that very few people in this league can do Tua is limited as a as a player, and I, I'll give it to him. He's been playing phenomenally up to this point, but it seems like teams are starting to figure it out. The, the Niners were pressing him, and he had a, his worst performance up to date. And the Chargers, similar game plan, but I think they executed it just at another level, and that's why you saw him at a 35.7% completion rate, 10 completions all game, 5.2 yards. They they like to call Herbert a dink and duck quarterback, but he's smart. He takes his shots when they're there. Um, I I thought the quarterback play it was speaks for itself. I don't think there's much argument for Tua being the better one at this point. Now there's room to grow. People can can he grow for sure. But I I do also want to have some respect for Acho to be able to take his take such a big stance on the Tua train and then to be like, yeah, I, I might've got this one wrong. Now I want to see him continue to say that because it, it he really rubbed me wrong when he w- was going all in on this Tua hype, but I do have to t- take off my cap and, and send him some respect because I think that was a pretty big move to realize that you were very, very wrong with that particular take. And then when you think about like, both quarterbacks under pressure. I mean, Herbert was pressured quite a bit as well. I mean, Herbert had the best uh, uh, completion percentage among all quarterbacks in the as a rookie when he was under pressure. And this year, we've seen he's one of the been one of the most pressured quarterbacks, taking the least sacks. In terms of pressure, he has been phenomenal at making quick decisions, at getting past the pass rush, at you know, extending the play with his feet. 
Tua has not had that same type of even close success that Herbert has had uh, just standing up into the pocket and getting it out. Even if the throw is batted out, you know, I'd rather the ball get batted at the line of scrimmage than take a sack for a five-yard loss, right? So just from that perspective alone, who's more clutch? Herbert wins with flying colors. Well, and and just like, yeah, you're, to your point, the, the pocket awareness, you look at the sacks. Tua was sacked twice for 18 yards lost. Herbert was t- sacked twice as many times, four times, but only 17 yards. So he he finds a way to, when when there are mistakes, he he alleviates like the pressure or the the intensity of, of what that will do to the game. And then even like that that fumble recovery, that's a really heads up play to oh that's definitely a fumble. I got to go get on it. Nobody else was really had that urgency. Uh, and that's just a, a, a guy playing, you know, beyond his years. And then Tua was pressured 15 total times in his, what, 25 dropbacks? 28. But... Herbert was pressured 31 times. 31 and 49 dropbacks, right? So, I mean, it's not like he was just standing at in the pocket and just letting it fly with no pressure. Like, he was pressured a lot. Comes away with over double the amount of yardage, breaking a record, by the way, another record with four games left to go, most passing yards by a player within their first three seasons, passing Andrew Luck. And he's got four more games left to go. Like, we're, we're not done. And I got another really interesting stat uh, once we move off the Herbert train here. But, like, just having a player of his caliber, like, we're so lucky. I am so lucky to be able to talk about Herbert week in and week out because, I mean, Tua, his first two years, coaching staff didn't even trust him onto the field. Yeah. So it's just totally different dynamic. Totally, totally different dynamic. Well, and and he, Herbert earns that respect, right? He earned all of these shots and, you know, people will say, well, if it wasn't for uh, neglect from our, our medical staff to puncture Tyrod Taylor's lung. He might've never got the shot. It was just, it was just, it was on its way. It was going to happen eventually. Um, And you could tell right away he was the better quarterback, right? Like it took like two, three throws. Cause what the, what the guy can do, the zip on his ball, the accuracy, he is the full package. And it might sound like we're just fanboying, but we watch a lot of Herbert football and the guy is, is, He's unreal. He's one of the best in the league. Now, I need a 400-yard passing game from him. <laughs> he likes to flirt with it. Just not – he likes to flirt with it. And, I mean, um, the Titans coming up next week, another must-win game, in my opinion. One of the worst pass defenses in, in the league. Maybe he gets it there. Um, but if, if you're winning games, if, you, if you're – at the very least, he keeps his team competitive. Even those six losses, there were two blowout losses. The other ones, we were in it. Um, so I, 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 you gotta love a guy like that who, who makes everybody about around him better. Uh, and then I do want to touch on Austin Eckler here for a second. So Austin Eckler currently has 93 receptions on the year right now. The season ended today. That's the seventh most in a season all time in NFL history. He's still got four more games left to go from a running break the all time record. So right now he's on track. He's get he's he's getting about seven receptions a game, right? Over a 17 game season, he's on track for 121. 
That's going to beat the current record of 116 set by Christian McCaffrey in 2019. How monumental would it be if Austin Eckler actually sets that record? Now, granted, uh, Christian McCaffrey did a lot more on the ground overall. Uh, that season, that 2019 season by Christian McCaffrey was unreal. Yeah. But can't take anything away from Austin Eckler getting ready to break a record for most receptions by running back in, in a single season over the course of, you know, 100 years the NFL has almost been around now. Well, and, and he's really good. He's going to have a legit shot at that, too, especially with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back. Uh, Mike Williams. Let's talk about him for a little for a second. He was making some unreal catches out there on the perimeter. Six, six targets, six catches, 116 yards, that toe tap uh, touchdown in the back of the end zone. He was lighting it up. And the Xavier Howard catch, too. Like, how that insane one, is it to come back to the oh, ball and man. come down with that? No, that, there's only a couple guys who could make that catch. Um, it was a beautiful throw, but the, the effort to get back to that ball, fight for it, and the concentration to maintain control and bring it to the ground for a completion, that, that was an unreal catch. And it, it kind of sparked that team because at that point you were like, uh-oh, like because it was a three and out, and then that was like the first drive for us. And it was like, uh-oh, you kind of had this feeling something special was happening. You also have Keenan Allen back, healthy old reliable he's not the 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 deep shot but he's gonna dink and dunk you over the middle 14 targets 12 catches 92 yards with those guys healthy complementing each other teams are going to continue to play as deep that's going to leave space for austin eckler i'm really waiting for austin eckler to take one of those those little just dumps or a little screen pass to the house. He hasn't had that big explosive touchdown. He's been a phenomenal red zone threat for us. But I'm I'm feeling the Austin Eckler hype building for like a big 30, 40 yard touchdown coming soon, especially now that we got our, our wide receiver core uh, back healthy and, and performing very well. Josh Palmer had a good game too. He's just not getting the targets as he as much as he was seeing when those guys were hurt. How much how refreshing is it to see Keenan Allen, Mike Williams? And Corey Lindsley, who've oh, just man. not played together all season and shows you what this offense could look like versus how it was before. And there's a high possibility we're going to get Rayshon Slater back in the next month, probably a little further away, probably more of a January time frame. I'm hoping that he's going to be available for the Rams game, probably more likely the Broncos game, uh, especially if the Chargers have already gotten into the playoffs. Let him go, come in, be on the snap count uh, against Denver, who, you know, if, if that game doesn't matter and we're in that final week, you know, you can switch him out every other series, let him get some of that conditioning back. But if we get Rayshon Slater back and this offense is almost at 100% health, minus what, Jalen Guyton, right? Yeah. Like this could be a really, really dangerous. This is what this offense was supposed to look like, you know, in September. And then slowly – not even slowly, very quickly, the injuries started piling up so fast on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. If we have a healthy Mike Williams, a healthy Keenan Allen, a healthy Corey Lindsley, and even a half-healthy Rayshon Slater, that is going to be so different for how this offense looks. Maybe it gives gets away from the Joe Lombardi being super conservative. Now he can take some more shots. He can be a little more creative with his play calling because he's got the – the pieces around that he needs to be creative. 
the abs- well, uh, you're right. You're seeing what this offense wants to be and what it's supposed to be. And I, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge Lombardi supporter, but I will say this is one of his better games with all of his pieces because we're not running the ball effectively, but the play action game for us was phenomenal. Getting Herbert out of the pocket is where that guy is extra special. And I think out of the, on the run play action passes, when we were able to relocate the pocket, when he was outside of the tackle box, Herbert was 10 for 11 this game, 165 yards with that touchdown. So lots of his production comes when we're able to, you know, alleviate that pressure off that offensive line who hasn't been performing very well because of the injuries. But it, it, it allows the what makes Herbert special and it allows him to make those unreal plays, those unscripted plays, those off platform type of throws um, that not too many people on this planet are capable of making. Yeah, it's it's insane just seeing the difference when you've got your star players. Because, I mean, a couple of weeks ago when it was just Josh Palmer and, and Austin Eckler and we had all, like, is we our, didn't have a right tackle at the time, JV, right? We're, we're, we're playing, we're playing, uh, we're playing varsity team with, with freshmen, with mostly a freshman core. Like, we had we some had guys no sprinkled in there. Being in that no. Cardinals. no business. No, and... and this team has some heart, man. Every time you think it's done, the season's over, they do not give up. And that was this is absolutely what we needed. A, a big momentum-building win, running into a, a Titans team next week who's, believe it or not, way more banged up than we are at this point, which is, is refreshing to see. Um, but hats off to this team. They, they, they came out, let the dogs out, and um, it was a – Really fun game to watch. A game that I was dreading all day. At the 520 time slot, I was just anxious all day. Uh, from when I woke up at like 8, I was anxious. Watching the games, anxious. And it took about two, it took a defensive series and an offensive series for that to completely get alleviated. And then I was just watching football. I was enjoying myself. Um, and that's a Sunday that I haven't had in a very, very long time. And it was a fun atmosphere at the game. I yeah. had a blast. It's, yeah, I have one fun. more game I'm going to this season. It's the Rams game. And, uh, man, like the energy in the stadium. I mean, it felt different. It just felt different. And so I got shout out to my guy, Jason Green. Um, he's, he's one of my coworkers. He's a huge Charger fan from the L.A. area. And he was – we were talking about it all week. This is his, That was his first game at SoFi. And he was like, I was anxious on Sunday. He was anxious all week. Just like, I don't know, man. I already got the tickets. Like I have to go, but he was very, very anxious. Um, So I'm really excited for him that he was able to go and watch a phenomenal football game from from a great team. And I felt like the swell had been coming in for a little while now. And as soon as, as it's that, that wave starts coming over, we jump on the board and we're getting ready to ride it. And this is the right time to, to get on board because this is a, an important couple weeks. Uh, we're right in it with the Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins as well uh, for that wild card spot. Winning this game was huge. Huge because we now hold a tiebreaker in the event it comes to that for playoffs against the Dolphins. That is so important for our path forward. And this game could really propel us. And then you're looking at the other teams that are in it, right? the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Jets 
all in the same division. Yeah. All still going to play each other. So you're going to get some losses there. And then we really kind of have an easy schedule on the way out. Right. Yeah. The, which is also super dangerous because we play down to, to, to the level of other teams as well. But the Rams are not good this year. They lost Cooper Cup. They have no offensive line. They're in disarray. Even if, you know, Baker Mayfield came in and had an outstanding, you know, coming in, not knowing the playbook or anything like that. Uh, the Broncos are not good. The Colts have their own issues as well. So three out of our four remaining games, they're they're not gimmies, but they're as close to a gimmies you're going to get, especially when you look at the schedule of the remaining playoff caliber teams. We have a really, really high probability of making playoffs right now. I, I, I think I want to say out of those teams you mentioned who are in contention, for one, we have the easiest, but I, I want to say it's like the 29th or the 30th easiest schedule from here on out, which favors the Chargers. And, and you know, when you just look at it on paper, mentally, you're, you're just hoping that this game kind of because we, we've seen great games from this team when Staley was since Staley's taken over like that. That Chiefs game last year early on phenomenal game. Um, we've beaten some teams that people have had no expectations for us to beat. But then it goes into this this lull, losing against teams you shouldn't, playing team, playing down to teams, like you said. So it's time to figure out who are we. Are we a team that blows out the Dolphins? Are we a team that sputters against the likes of the, the, Raiders, the Raiders, drops a, a game to the Houston Who's, the Houston Texans last year? Like, who are we? Um, we? We have the capability of beating good teams when we feel like it. What are we? What do we feel like for this last quarter of the season? Do we want to be a playoff team? We're gonna find out very shortly because I, I think it's just just this next game. Win over the Titans, we have like a seventy five percent chance of getting into the, the playoffs. We lose the game against the Titans, that drops about thirty three percent. So it, it's it's backs against the wall from here on out. But I think that's where this team is really the best. Yeah, so I mean, it really just comes down to can we can we ride this momentum forward, or can we just sputter against bad, bad teams? I mean, if we sputter against these bad teams, we don't deserve to make playoffs. But I feel like we have the pieces coming back. I feel like looking forward, it looks optimistic, and we were so not optimistic coming into this game last week against no. the Dolphins. We neither of us we thought it was going to be a blowout, the opposite yeah. direction. I and, absolutely did. Well, and everything everything up to that point was showing what, what kind of supported our, our feelings, right? It's not like we were on a win streak and we're like, yeah, the Chargers are going to lose this game. No, they this is what they showed us, that they kind of don't perform in these games. And um, I, I'm so happy to have been proven wrong in this situation. So we'll, uh, we'll see how this ends up playing out. Can we, can we play up to the level that we're capable of being? Or are we going to play down to our competition? I'm really hoping that everything's pointing in the right direction, that we kind of just keep going in that direction. Do you want to start a new podcast or you just want to keep rolling straight through to the Titans game? It is Friday, so I, I do feel like it makes sense to just keep writing. You there? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know what's going on. My mic all went broke. Well, up. let's go ahead and end this episode and then you'll... Uh, We'll circle back and start another episode here to talk about our upcoming matchup against the Titans. 
I'm back. Let's just roll. Let's roll. All right, let's roll it. Let's roll it. So the Chargers play the Titans on Sunday. Um, this is going to be a big game as well. Uh, the Titans are coming into this game seven and six with the same exact record as the Chargers. Uh, they are first in the AFC South. AFC South is weak. In all honesty, the Titans could potentially lose that first seed that they currently have as, as in the division. But we'll see how it ends up rolling. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on how good are the Titans actually? Well, are they tough... are they a good seven and six team or are they a bad seven and six team? Because it's really hard to to kind of put it all together and figure out who who are they? Are they a good team or are they a bad team? Yeah. So they are very similar, I feel like, to to our season. Where I if if we played this game early in the season, it terrifies me. Um they rattled off one, two, three, four, five games in a row one when a stretch of went eight and one or seven and one over a course of the middle of the season and now three straight losses and what's happening to them is they are just battered up injury wise and I, i'm just looking at the the their injury report from this last week and it's it's basically an entire roster you got Fifteen guys on this injury report. Um, no outside linebacker. Practice. You got so four, five, a lot six, of them didn't seven, practice. Eight, eight players that did not practice on uh, Thursday. The their Friday injury report hasn't come out yet. That's that's an insane amount of people. I got I got their report from Friday right now, and it's official. Outside linebacker Danico Autry out. Cornerback Trey Avery out. Wide receiver C.J. Board out. Wide receiver Traylon Burks, who's really been impressive this year, he's out. Cornerback Christian Fulton out. Backup running back Dontrell Hilliard out. Imani Hooker at safety out. Um, a lot of other, those other 15 guys, they were limited throughout throughout uh, practice. Only four of those guys out of the 15 guys were full participants in, in Friday's practice. So they're beat down um, a team who does not play this is going to be such an interesting game because what do they do well? They run the football. We've been struggling to defend the run. Now, what do we do well? We can throw the ball, sling it all over the field, and they are one of the worst pass defenses teams in the league, and they're down three DBs. So th this is going to be a very interesting game. Um, I, I, at this point, I'm going to say they're a bad seven and six team with those injuries and their trajectory. Three games in a row after, you know, winning seven of eight in the middle of the season. They're very streaky, you know, um, but I think right now they're kind of on a downturn and it's a, a beautiful place to a beautiful time to watch or to play this team because who is their, their most scary player? It's Derrick Henry. And he's coming off a pretty unimpressive game. I, I, I think he lost two fumbles last game against the Jaguars who you shouldn't be dropping two fumbles to the, to the Jags, man. I mean, they the Jags up. have been racking up a lot of turnovers though. I mean, they started the year with like five, so they've been Three getting turnovers. Oh no, he, he, he fumbled twice, lost two. And this is kind of a make or break game for them. So they play us, they play Dallas and they play Jacksonville. Jacksonville has a two game, uh, well, they have a two-game lead on Jacksonville, 
And depending on how Jacksonville's remaining schedule is, I mean, there's a, a, a probability that Jacksonville sneaks into the playoffs and nobody was expecting that. And that, I mean, looking at their schedule, yeah, well, that, like Dallas that is, isn't unreal. a pushover. What's up? Mm-mm. No, I that said would that would be, be so unreal if the Jags found some way to squeak in there. I mean, it's a it's an important game for them. It's a must win for them. It's a must win for us. This is and, a, this is I a mean, playoff well, game for sure. They have a uh, game. They have a Thursday night football game again in Dallas uh, against Dallas, and then they play Jacksonville at home. So, like, I mean, I feel like they're losing steam very quickly. Uh, they lost to the Jaguars, which was huge. 36-22. They got blown out by the Eagles the week before that, 35-10. They're on a three-game losing streak. Wow. Three-game losing streak coming into this. I mean, that favors us right off the bat because everything's going wrong for them. They have a ton of injuries. I think that what this game is really going to come down to is their offensive line is still relatively healthy. Uh, Dennis Daly is, is their starting left tackle. But Aaron Brewer, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, that's one of the best interior offensive line trios in the NFL. Uh, Nicholas Petit Freer, who's a rookie, playing very, very well, beat out Dylan Radunes, who we were both really high on during the draft process for that right tackle position. Um, and, you know, the fact that Traylon Burks is out means they're going to lean even heavier into the run. That doesn't work well for the Chargers. Uh, and I'm really interested to see how we play them. Do we have a heavy box? Do we play them with a light box? Is there going to be five defensive linemen against their five offensive linemen? Or are we going to go for, you know, four, two, four, three, three, four? What, how, how is this game plan that Brandon Staley's putting together going to work out knowing that our weakness is their strength? Yeah, I think you need to go back to old school, you know, four man front. Maybe even mix it up with the five, but we can't really that that penny formation for us where we got five up front, just one DB and and the rest or one linebacker and the rest DBs. I don't think that's a good formula for this team Um, because as big as Derrick Henry is, the big dude has some vision, too. So you're going to need some support at that second level. Um, you're going to need some penetration, which we got a lot of from Morgan Fox, uh, Gazano, Fajoko. Those guys, those three guys are going to need to play, and they're going to need to play a lot. Um, because, yeah, yeah, this is a, a like running football we're going team. To a, I feel like we're going to a true 3-4 this game. We have to. I, I would like Kenneth that Murray because I, I think you need – Keep going. No, no, I, I, I think – that you need you need the traditional fronts the three four the four threes you need to stack that box because what why do you have multiple dbs on the field at one time right you're scared of the pass i am not at all against this this team brian Tannehill, force him to throw the ball i dare you robert woods he's a good corner or he's a good receiver but I got, I'm taking Vato all day right now, who's on an absolute heater right now. Over the last three games, we didn't talk a lot about Michael Davis in the recap, um, who was really good that game in particular. But since the Cardinals game, has been targeted 22 times in the last three games, only given up eight receptions, a 36% completion rate in when targeted. Um, so you have to force this team to throw the football. 
How do you do that? Stack the box, get up early, um, force a lot of long third and downs. And against the, that Dolphins team, we were phenomenal first down. Um, they were gaining one, two yards consistently on that first play, um, if not losing yards. So that's what we're going to need to do. And you only are able to do that with multiple bodies because Derrick Henry does not go down on first contact. He doesn't. And that's another reason you got to have somebody on the second level. I feel like this is a game where you're going to see, and I, I'm really interested to see how banged up Spasher Joseph Day is because we don't have Derwin James, who's our strongest tackler. And if, if, Sebastian Joseph Dave's not good to go. You have Tyler Davidson and Joe Gaziano as your uh, other interior guys there with Braden Fajoko playing in the middle and Morgan Fox, you know, playing his position as well. Another thing that doesn't bode well for us, Chris Rumpf is still a very light edge defender. Yeah. Not somebody you're probably going to be wanting to play a whole lot. You're probably going to want Kyle Van Noy out there as a much, much better run defender. Not having Derwin James, though, I mean, he is doubtful. I, that's that does not work well for the Chargers if he is not playing because he's one of those guys, even though he is a, a DB, he is an extremely strong enforcer, uh, a, a guy who plays that money position and comes up and, and is huge in run defense for us. Huge. I believe he's leading the team in tackles, should be, because he's always all over the place. Um yeah, that's going to be huge. JT Woods, I'm not even – I wouldn't even suit JT Woods because that's not a player you want playing this game. No, especially with how good Aloe Gilman is playing with um, – you need – Aloe Gilman is, is earning some more – like a, a bigger role on this team. Just the last couple of weeks, he's been really good. And, and the rest of the DBs are playing really well, so I, I don't think you mix with that – you don't really want to mess with that chemistry that they got going for themselves right now. Those guys are playing good. They're playing together. They're not making mistakes, which JT Woods, he's young. He's prone to making those mistakes. This is a game where it's just one, two big runs, and this game can get out of hand really quick. And so I, but JT Woods is also not a very good tackler, right? So this is not a good game for him. It's not a good game for us on paper, but be thankful that they're beat up. And that we have the momentum in, in our favor where, where they do not. They're on a downward trajectory. This is a playoff football game. Let, let, let's see who the better 7-6 and six team is. I, I'm excited for this game. I'm not getting – I'm not confident, but I, I am very, very excited. Where I'm confident is I think with their lack of a secondary right now and all the injuries they have in that backfield, Derrick Henry is going to be – running a lot right and if we can get yeah. to an early lead and force them out of that then we've won this game derrick henry has 275 attempts no other player on their roster has over 30 and the only player over 30 is ryan Tannehill. so like you know on the scrambles dante hilliard 22 attempts this season uh Hassan haskins 10 malik willis has 19 like <laughs> They are not running the ball any other direction. And Derrick Henry, as great of a player as he is, he's not going to be fresh in the fourth quarter. He's not a guy that you're going to really see be able to, to drag, you know, the, the, the defense when he's going to be exhausted. He's going to be playing so much. You know, usually those ground and pound teams like the Titans are usually have a second back who can kind of limit the load and keep Henry fresh. 
By yeah. the third quarter, fourth quarter, Henry's going to be a different player. He's going to come out really strong. The Chargers are going to really struggle to tackle him. Chargers have one of the most missed, most missed tackles in the NFL for any defense. Um, but I, I think that it's still the fact that Derrick Henry is going to be playing so much works in our favor because deep into the game, when you want that player to, to go and, you know, churn out four or five yards every single play, try to keep those chains moving. It's not going to work deep in, in there because he's going to be gas. He has to be. Well, and you've been seeing that consistently the last two or three years where they're just riding this guy way, way too hard. And it's led to injuries. He kind of tails off. Right. He broke it ever last year. And then this week, he didn't practice all week up till Friday, which to me is is indication that the guy the the wear and tear is starting to to take a toll on the guy um now he's a phenomenal player 17 carries 121 yards last week against a pretty good defensive uh, a good defense in jacksonville yeah they're five and eight but but they they are surprisingly decent on, on defense but it seems like you lay some hats to him early if if he has 15 carries by the third quarter, I think you're in a good position because this isn't one that if they're up, if they're up and that late in the game, they're going to need him to, to close the game out. He's shown that he could, he's susceptible to, to turning the ball over. If you hit him hard enough, you hit him in the right place. So I don't know. You, I, I'm very interested to see Staley's game plan. Cause I thought he nailed it last week. It's going to be very interesting to see how he attacks this team who is built completely different. They really are. Uh, offensively, I think that Justin Herbert's going to feast. Oh, yeah. I, I keep I keep saying, oh, Herbert's going to go for 400 yards. I feel like this is the game. Roger McCreary, yeah. Terrence Mitchell, uh, Greg Maben, John Reed. I don't even know who those guys are. Uh, strong safety is going to be Joshua Kalu since I'm already hookers out. No Christian Fulton. I, this is a, a game that you're going to be able to feast a little bit. The issue being, can the Chargers stop? Jeffrey Simmons on the interior from getting that pressure. Their other weak side linebacker, Harold Landry's on IR, Dinico, Dinico Autry's out. So it's going to be Bud Dupree and Rashad Weaver at, on the edge with Terrell Basham uh, getting some, it's not the, the worst um, pass rush in the world, but du, du, Bud Dupree is a shell of his former Steeler self. Uh, their middle linebackers, not really too interested in Monty Rice and Dylan Cole, uh, this this defense is definitely suspect. Uh, I think that where you're going to have some trouble is going to be Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Tier Tart, and Demarcus Walker on the interior. They play a true 3-4 defense, and the Chargers are going to spread it out. This seems like a, a lot of four wide, five wide. Um, put Austin Eckler out into the slot, motion him out from the backfield, and you know get really stretch this defense. Uh, horizontally and then let Justin Herbert go to work because this is a, a, a team that you could really take advantage of. Probably the weakest secondary I would say Justin Herbert's ever played. And I like Roger McCreary a lot. I, we liked him coming out of the draft. Uh, Clemson, really good player. Um, but, I mean, he's a rookie and he's going up against Mike Williams. It's going to be a totally, totally different situation. Any closing remarks, Zach? 
Yeah. Are, are we live like now? You're... Am I caught up? I was. No, I like yeah, that. You're all the, good. the McCreary. Am I back? I do like that was my matchup. Um, specifically on the defense, because I, I think we both were high on Roger McCreary, but he's just 5'11". Those are the type of DBs that, that Mike Williams just torches. Um, so I'm excited. I, I think you're also going to see another six, seven catch game from uh, Josh Palmer, just because we have so many guys uh, and the, who can catch the ball. They are very, very weak at the the uh, the the DB position. And if you're, this is what I like about Staley's philosophy. The best offense. I'm going to take a, the best pass offense over the best rush offense because the a big play for for a running back is 10 yards a big play for a receiver is 20 so it, it's just that the the explosion is more frequent in the past because the way it's set up so i like that fact that strength kind of matches their strength what i'm terrified is is derrick henry running for 200 yards the way you combat that is i think we talked about it just stack that box and guys need to play hungry i don't care about the, the game plan that's rolled out Guys need to execute when they're on the field. Uh, that's what we saw last week. Let's build towards it. Let's close out this quarter half, this this last quarter of the season. It's fourth quarter. It's time to go. Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got. So I'm excited to watch this game. I'll be watching it from home. Matter of fact, I'm having a family over for a Christmas party. So I'm going to have to find a way to ignore everybody and watch this game. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Sheath underwear makes the most comfortable boxer briefs I've ever worn. If you're sick of boxers that are too loose or briefs that are too tight, Sheath is for you. The most comfortable boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. You see, their stretchy fabric is made out of a moisture-wicking technology. They're super soft, keep everything cool and comfortable, and right in place. Sheath is particularly useful for staying cool while working out. Now, the most unique thing about sheath underwear is that they have these dual pouches that keep your man parts separated, which prevents things from sticking together, keeps them right where they need to be. They'll be the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you've ever won in your life. Plus, they have brand new materials like bamboo and mesh for even more cooling comfort. Go to sheathunderwear.com and get the most comfortable underwear you've ever worn. And if you use promo code IHEART, you'll also get 20% off your order. That's sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART for 20% off your order. Sheathunderwear.com. Promo code IHEART. 